Mr. Roland, it's been such a long time. It has been a long time, has it not, since we did Podquisition? The two weeks or three weeks? It's been a thousand years. I think it's two skipped episodes, which makes it essentially three weeks since since we last spoke. And that's, I'm pretty sure, like, that's by far the longest gap this podcast has ever had between episodes. We've never done one of those before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very weird not, I I didn't know where I was in the week without you two on a Wednesday. (laughs) It's a good anchor point, yeah. I hope while you were away, you all found something to shove into that gap. Uh, <laughs> a gigantic uh, tilto, Gavin. A gigantic... That big, gigantic gap that we left. Real feel jelly dildo. Uh, I I had a really nice little time having time off. I, I don't think I've taken, like, multiple weeks of time off work. Probably since I started doing this as work, and it was quite nice. I'm not gonna lie, it was quite nice. <laughs> I get ang- I get angsty about it. Yeah, it's been weird. Like, I- I'm not gonna lie, I did a little bit of work while I was off, but like, it was like, not real work. It was answering Twitter DMs about art stuff. It's like, ah, it's not work, it's fine. I-, I needed to do something to not feel like I was wasting my time. Yeah, that's, uh, I- I- we've talked about that before, how, um, and, and uh, funny that you mentioned it, because I'm also taking a few weeks off, and it's the first time in like eight years. Mm. And you just always feel like that. Like, I'm going to read you a tweet that I, or not a tweet, but a message I wrote to Rachel earlier, right? Yeah. Arg, I can't relax. I keep feeling like I should be working and feeling guilty. How do I relax? Make me stop wanting to work. (laughs) That's my big problem. That's why I get angsty about time off. Like, even if it's needed. Yeah. uh, I just feel like everything will go wrong if I'm not constantly at the wheel. I feel like part of the problem is when you're in a creative job like this, and like these kind of creative jobs are few and far between, there's a certain feeling of, I need to be working all the time and never stopping, because if I'm not working, then what is my value? And if my value is gone, then my, uh, the, the job will, everything will go, and it'll be terrible, and I have no value. Yeah. I think for me, and, and possibly Jim as well, um, a lot of it is is down to the notion of algorithms that dictate <laughs> how how well our work does. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I mean, it, it has to be an ever-present problem, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but that is that is the way of the world, my young biscuits. I, I read I read a thing that that said that it's a myth that if you leave your channel for a while and come back, then your views will plummet. So uh, I I was just so tired that I was like, I'm just gonna risk it because. <laughs> Yeah, you know. for, for, for me, the thing that was getting me over the holidays was just like, oh, I have looming big scary deadlines and they're, they're for big things and I'm I'm scared of those big deadlines. Oh. But I mean, to, to what you said, Gavin, like I um I did a, only a couple videos over the holiday period. Yeah. Um, but the views on them have been higher than normal. I mean, part of it is it's sort of centred around the shittiest games list, which always does really well. Higher than normal this year, or do you mean higher than normal annually? I just mean, like, higher than it has been all year. Okay, yeah. Um, or all of last year. Um, but yeah, like, I did a Fallout uh, video on Fallout 4... Uh, Fallout 4? Fallout 76's nukes glitching out <laughs> on New Year's Day, because, of course... Um, and that... That sort of got up to half a million pretty quickly, which for my 
channel ain't bad. Everyone's hungover and hungry for a bit of gym. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're we back now, though. Yeah, we're back in your ears to make you feel nice and stop you um, just thinking ill of yourself, which you do, don't you? Because there's... Because you're a, sh- a shithead and you know you are, but we're we're back to fill your gap. Yeah, yeah. So this because because one year's ended and another's uh, begun. Now seems like a nice week to maybe look back over 2018 a bit and look forward to 2019 stuff and just do a like, hey, we're in the middle of two years. What are we? What's what's going on? Kind of an episode like the four non blongs uh, sung about. Just quickly. You know, it's a really good way to feel like you did something productive when you've some time off, right? And you don't want to work, but Marie Kondo, your fucking house. Mm. I did this this week and oh my God, that was a satisfying feeling. <laughs> I, um, I've got a week off to myself at the end of this month. And one of the things I plan to do is take a couple of days to just... Declutter. Just do a declutter and a clean and an organize and get life in order. Yeah. Like ostensibly, it's a week I'm taking to finish to finish the butt book, uh, or at least the text of it. But I know at least a few days of it are just going to be like, let's just get life sorted. It's such a good feeling to just make your living and workspace organized and tidy. Yeah. Because even if you did nothing else that day, you feel like you've achieved something and and, yeah. and achieved something that is going to help you in some way. Because, well, I don't know about you, you two, but I certainly cannot work in a messy environment at all. I I often do. Yeah, I do as well, because I'm terrible. It's a very organised clutter. I know that I feel better when it's not cluttered, but I often... It has to be cluttered sometimes, because my brain it does what it do. Yeah. It's funny because I put like a aloe vera plant in my office recently, so I feel like that offsets some of the clutter. It's like there's clutter, <laughs> but I'm keeping a thing alive so it balances. The living creature is sharing the <laughs> clutter with you. Half of the clutter now belongs to the aloe vera plant. Like, I can blame the plant for half of it. If the plant dies, I know that my living space has become too bad. <laughs> this organic life, I suppose, cre- creature would be mu- a bit much for a plant, wouldn't it? Unless it's like. Feed me, Seymour! <laughs> I was talking about Little Shop of Horrors with Justin last night, to your reference, Gab. Um, I've been in two productions of it. Productions is overblowing it, a school play and a college play. Um, never got good roles. And I don't even want to be the dentist one on it. I don't <laughs> even want that. Just give me Mushnick. Just, just give me a shopkeeper. Um, that's as high as I'd go. I couldn't pull off Seymour. I sh- <laughs> sh- shouldn't dream of doing Audrey too. Somewhere that's green. Delightful. She's delightful. Um, great film. Great play. Uh, play has a better ending. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because Audrey too wins and there's a song about look out, don't feed Audrey too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always found the movie was very depressing at the end. Well, the thing is, is um, they changed that ending. They changed that ending because audiences found it too dismal, so they added in a new song, the famous one that everyone knows now, the Mean Green Mama song. And, yeah, and, and but honestly, the play's better because it gets really dark. Um, but you can incorporate in that. I think most of the productions do now. They incorporate Mean Green Mama into the play and mm. keep uh, Don't Feed Audrey too. Um which I'm sure I've got the name of that wrong. It's been years since I heard that one. The play has some great songs, there's a song that the dentist sings 
um, when he's got the nitrous oxide in. Um, it's just the gas. And that's a great song. Um, <laughs> I, I nerd out big about Little Shop of Horrors, which is funny because I don't think I've ever really referenced it in anything I do, but I love that. It's my best musical. It's it's not really like a quotable thing, but it's it's great. It just like it doesn't have like ah, that's the line that I shall quote. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen that plant pop up in one of your videos at some point. I'm I'm almost positive. Of it. Oh, may I may have done a picture or two at least. But yeah, I love it. Um, why no one I played in the school play? How dare they? <laughs> the drama teacher never liked me. She begrudgingly cast me as Ariel the next year in Return to the Forbidden Planet, which I learned to rollerblade for. I know I've talked about <laughs> that. And then in the college um, production, it was just the radio host, um, who isn't like hilarious John Candy like in the films. In the play, it's a bit drab. It didn't stop me from putting on my Jeff Lynn wig and Jeff Lynn aviators. And throwing in a reference to me and my friend's comedy double act in the middle of the play. Um, to which the former drama teacher scowled at me from the audience. It was the best night of my life. That's interesting. You also come from a theatre background. Because that was my um, job for like a couple of years was working in theatre. Ah. Yeah. Doing like music and, and stage and organising. And even act, even even some acting, which was... I don't know about you, but acting for me was really difficult. I was okay at it. I was pre- I was pretty decent at it. Um, I I got into drama big drama big time at school. Then in college, that was what I studied for was um, advanced performing arts and drama or something like that. Um, yeah. Useless two years, really. It was underfunded even by drama standards. Yeah. <laughs> um, to the point where. Uh, this is what, what I was talking about last night. Uh, and forgive my language, because I might go fucking blue. Um, so underfunded was it, and so arrogant was the drama teacher, that they didn't have a plant for Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> that is no lie, the situation. No plant... This drama teacher who used to say, I can cut the Hamlet out of Hamlet, would butcher plays to prove a point. And because the drama class was so small, uh, sometimes you had to compress roles. Um, But so arrogant. I can cut the Hamlet out of Hamlet. So was it just Little Shop? Um, It was still Little Shop of Horrors. And what they did, in lieu of a plant, they got Shona... They got Shona... Uh, Shona, uh, the best singer in the class. She she definitely was. Not intimidating. Um, also the shortest uh, person in the class. Um, and I say that because that is all she was throughout the play. Audrey 2 starts small, gets big. Audrey 2 is not a college student in a gold lame dress... With a flower drawn on her fucking face. <laughs> starting on her knees. And standing up. Wow. <laughs> to simulate growth of a plant to superhuman heights. I mean, I, I get that one of the, 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 the things about theatre is that you have to improvise and use your imagination. But that's taken it a little extreme. <laughs> you have to use your imagination. You have to use someone else's imagination. 
as well as your own. You need two imaginations. Theatre is amazing preparation for uh, for working in the public eye, actually, especially if you're oh. on the internet, because Gosh. nothing gives you quite a thick skin like theatre, because if you bomb, you're in the room with the people bombing. Yeah. I grew up doing theatre, um, and it was all just very amateur stuff, but my family basically... We we used the school's venue to once a year throw a pantomime that my dad wrote. Um, so we put on a show every year. Like, I, I was on stage up until I was about 16, and then I started doing lighting and tech and sound stuff. But I had to get used to go in front of a crowd and say things that you've remembered from earlier. And, yeah, I feel like I learned valuable skills from it. Like, the ability to talk in front of a crowd even even if it's difficult, I can do it because of that. Uh, the one story I remember was my dad liked to do very weird things with established stories when he rewrote them, completely not getting the rights to do so. So we had Peter Pan in which Tinkerbell runs out of magic and has like the last little bit left and goes, you know what, I'll use my last bit of magic, call for someone to help. This is years ago. This is when the first Harry Potter film comes out. She summons Harry Potter into Peter Pan to come defeat the pirates and save Pan. I played Harry Potter in Peter Pan. That was a weird bit of my life. I still remember that script. It must have been uh, like 15, 20 years ago, something. Whenever the first Harry Potter film came out, I still remember every fucking line I had that year. I was so excited to be Harry Potter. (laughs) Well... All I'll say is, we once did The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui by Bertolt Brecht with two Uis. <laughs> There's only one in the play. Why? I don't fucking know. I think... I think that Letchford thought that they were some sort of cinematic genius who could do things like adapt a book to a TV show. And, like, add some characters as needed and sort of composite other characters to reduce the cast and all that. I think she thought she was doing that, but with a class of about 20 kids. Oh. Yeah. Should we, should we talk about some video games? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. 15 minutes is... Uh, should. So, I've, I've, I've... Get a plant! You can make one out of paper mache! We did at school! I've pulled up a list of some games from last year and games from next year, and I don't know how long or how short we might want to put into some of these, but I'm just going to throw out names of games that, like, I think at least one of us on the podcast was kind of into when they came out. So, start in the beginning of last year. Celeste, still my game of last year. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really tight, controlling sort of puzzle, like, puzzle platformy thing about, like, climbing a big mountain had a lot of story stuff going on about anxiety and dealing with mental health issues, and it blended those two together nicely. And it had a lot of nice options for, like, tweaking the difficulty if you were getting frustrated with a puzzle, to, like, not just skip the puzzle, but be like, I just want to, like, turn down the speed 25% and see if that helps me get the timing right, or I want to, like, have an extra jump for this one just so I can get through it. Yeah. And it it nurtured players to get to the end point rather than going, no, you suck and you're never going to see the ending, which I yeah. really liked. I ended up not doing a Jim Impressions video for that. I I just never got round to it and then left it a bit late. Yeah. But it was a pretty good game. It, it didn't grab me the way it did a lot of people. Um, I don't think that's because the game necessarily did anything wrong. Uh, I, I just 
wasn't as in love with it, but it was a good game. Um, very charming. It it was my personal game of last year, and I certainly won't blame anyone that it didn't click for. But I really dug what it was doing. So oh no, this is one of those games where I'm like, I absolutely see why. Yeah, it's a game of the year for a lot of people. I I I couldn't begin to debate that um, because I I understand that what it's doing absolutely has a, an immense appeal to to a significant amount of people. So yeah, that that was that was one of mine. Um. Did either of you get particularly into Monster Hunter World when it came out? Because that was back in January. Nah. Mm-mm. Mm, yeah, I played it for roughly 20 to 25 hours and kind of got bored then at that point when I realised that it was an endless loop. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get into them. I have tried and tried and tried. I've tried multiple games over the years since the beginning and cannot get into a single one of them. I got into Monster Hunter World more than I've gotten into perhaps any other Monster Hunter game, yeah. but I still did the thing that always happens where I get probably about as far as Gav did, get twenty somewhere between 20 and 30 hours in, and I just drop off of it. Yeah. yeah. You just realise you're just getting gear for the next thing, and repeat, repeat, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, they're... There are probably games that I like that I do that in too, but yeah. I think it's just, I don't know about you, Laura, but for me, because the fights go on for so goddamn long. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think particularly with like the kind of jobs we do, I can't justify spending 45 minutes on a fight to fail it and then go, yeah. well, I guess that this is my tomorrow night as well. Exactly. And that, that for me is another thing that puts me off like RTS games, for example. Yeah. The fact that if you, if you die, you're after wasting like a fucking hour. Yeah. Um, other ones that came out, going into February, uh, that Shadow of the Colossus remake on PS4. How, how are people feeling about that, looking back on it? That, that was really, really nice. I like that one a lot. Yeah. So far, these are all games that, like, I can recognise as being of a certain quality, but cannot get into. That's alright, we'll, we'll get to some of yours. Oh, no, no, yeah. It was just funny seeing three in a row. <laughs> well, a, a great game, actually, for, if, if you are a PS4 owner, for showing off your, uh, your your hardware because it's one of the best looking games out there it is a stunning looking game and it fixed a lot of my problems with trying to go back to that game because the original has aged poorly in some areas <laughs> like this this doesn't fix everything about that game but it's definitely like the way to play a very good game yeah it's still clunky as balls to control yeah but like it's still worth pushing through the clunkiness to get the spectacle of that whole thing. Yeah, especially the fl- that that flying colossus towards the end. That is just oh gosh, so yeah. fucking amazing. That that fight, if you could call it that. Uh, Jim got one for you. Dynasty Warriors Nine came out in February. Masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Turn me into a lion slash pirate That game was so good Um, Horrible Yeah Horrible, horrible, horrible Nothing, 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 nothing redeeming You haven't softened on it at all since I mean, if the only thing an open world does to your game Is just make it longer to get between the actions if that's the only thing it's offering, you fucked up. Hey, 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 it it did something else. It also added walls that you could, you know, leap <laughs> onto the top of and trivialise the level. Yes, every single bit of the action is absolutely trivialised because it, 
the maps are now so flat and open and they give you a grappling hook almost immediately. So you just zip over the wall of any battle, run right to the commander, kill him, and then that's it, battle one. Um, they changed the entire combat system. Uh, I don't know, every time Koei tries to, um, or Omega Force rather, tries to uh, change the combat in a Dynasty Warriors game, they somehow dumb down an already dumbed down, in a way I like, uh, control system. Um, you know, hack and slashes are so simple, and Dynasty Warriors is especially simple with its ch uh, chain mm. combos. But it's something, and I like I like its simplicity. So did they did they did they turn it into fable? Is that what you're saying? They basically just gave you a lot less, a lot fewer moves. Um, instead of like chaining combos together like square triangle, square square triangle, square square, square triangle, that kind of thing, um, it was just you get basically a regular normal chain of attacks, and then. Uh, like a stun attack, uh, launch attack, uh, special attack, and a, I think a ground attack. It was just different directional sort of attacks. Um, and that was it. And it was just so dumbed down. And that was coupled with all the weapons being made generic. Um, almost everyone had just a ball on a chain or a hook on a chain. It was getting laughable the amount of times I saw those same weapons. Uh, a lot of the unique weapons went away. Um, Zhang He had these amazing claws and then something happened. Uh, and he had these weird little flicky knives and... It's. I'm not just upset because of what they did to Zhang He, but it really gets on my wick. Fuck that game. It, it, um, it's funny, you know. I was. Um, I told you I was playing, replaying it, Dragon Age Inquisition over Christmas as my yeah. Ha play a game for fun for the first time in forever mission, <laughs> and uh, I was. I was really. I'm. I usually don't ascribe to this. Oh, they dumbed it down thing that gets said about a lot of modern games because often for me that just means they refined it yeah but i've really found myself in that game wishing for the ability to program the ai like you could in dragon age origins i don't know if you you two remember this but in dragon age origins you could literally program your ai teammates so that if you used say a freeze spell they would then use the shatter spell that like would trigger a combo with that spell Whereas in Inquisition, they took that away, and I don't know why they took that away, because the combos were really important in Inquisition, but you, if you wanted to use them, you basically had to do everything yourself, control all the team members yourself all the time. So I hope they bring that back for the new one. And I have more to say about that game in a while, but we, we won't... Uh... Oh, and one more thing, sorry, because <laughs> I remember someone... You did a Columbo on us! I know, I did, I know. I remember someone saying Dynasty Warriors were very brown. And uh, it made me think of something that really annoyed me that I saw this, this someone was complaining about how last gen was all brown because of Gears of War. First off, Gears of War was not a brown shooter. That's a myth. It was a grey shooter. A, a grey and blue shooter. And yeah. it was a shooter with a consistent aesthetic style, which is not a bad thing. No, I mean, the game's actually really good looking. Yeah, Gears of War, the first Gears of War is a beautiful looking game. Yeah. Like, there, there's something to be said for a, a, a more bleak colour scheme. You can do it very well. Yeah. Um, you know, like, a lot of Dark Souls at times is, is grey and drab, but because it's very intricately designed, um, the world just looks 
like so thematically on point with the theme of, of decay and, and everything um, that it works and it looks fantastic. Uh, but then you get lazy games that just sort of make everything look drab because it makes it look grown up um, and don't think about it any more than that. And then yeah. you get shit like Inversion. Was it Inversion? The Namco Bandai Gears of War knockoff? Oh, is that the one where you could like contort the landscape and things? Sort of. Am I thinking of something else? Yeah, no, that was the one. Yeah, it was Inversion. Namco Bandai. It's like, it pays some sort of lip service to being able to manipulate the world. It's nowhere near as good as you think it is. Mm. Um, what a miserable game that was. <laughs> Just so mediocre. I think I reviewed it back in the day. It was just such a mediocre game. Um, but yeah, it was it was games like that that were the problem. It wasn't Gears of War's fault. Just like it wasn't really Call of Duty's fault that so many drab military shooters happened in last generation. Yeah. Um, their version of that was quite good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, keep us on track, Laura. Keep us on track. Yeah, I'll keep you going. <laughs> I'll keep you going. So, games that came out in February. Uh, Metal Gear Survive. I can't even remember why that oh, was bad. I just don't. Hell. I remember it was bad. Masterpiece. Even, even, even like better than Black Tiger or whatever that game was. It was a lot of recycled content and weirdly forced in survival mechanics. Yeah. Um, the survival mechanics were awful. You sit on a wall and hit them in the head with a stick over and over. Wasn't that that game? Yeah. Honestly, it was, it was like the aforementioned Dynasty Warriors. Like they tried to. Make it look like the zombies were this terrible threat. I mean, they didn't look like anything other than half a head with a bad dragon dildo jammed in the <laughs> gunny works, because that's what they were. What was that design? Basically, a metaphor for Konami. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're supposed to take them seriously, but you do just put up a fence and poke them through the hole with a spear. Yeah. Or get a, a, a more wider ranging weapon and just hack and slash like it was Dynasty Warriors, which ended up happening to me once. I got through it just fine. Um, it's, it's a big, sprawling, open dump of a world with nothing interesting going on in it. Um, it is made even worse by the fact that there are these like foggy areas, as best as I can describe them, that obscure your map Um and leave you wandering around there not knowing where the fuck to go. And that's by design. They want you to be lost in the place yeah. where resources get drained and the game is so bad at uh, resource meters, survival meters. They drain so quick and the game constantly bugs you with it. Oh, your, he your stamina is low, blah, 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 over and over. If there's one thing I hope for games in 2019 is that I don't have to constantly eat and drink. <laughs> Yeah. And manage all these little fucking micro bars. Yep. Um, other games. Jim, that Fist of the North Star game, the uh, the Yakuza one, was that really released back in February? No. No? I think that's Yakuza 6, wasn't it? I'm looking at, uh, what was it called? Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise? Is that the... Oh, okay, sorry. It was, okay, it was March in Japan. It was ah. October, October over here. My apologies. But do you, want, do you want to talk about that one while we got while we got it? Yep. One of my games of the year, that. Yeah. Um, it's Yakuza, but you're the anime punch boy. Yeah, and it's the perfect idea. It's the perfect idea. Um, it's so obvious that 
everyone should have thought of it sooner. But now that it's happened, it's amazing. Um, it is base. It is Yakuza. Not even basically. It is Yakuza, but set in the eighties. Uh, manga manga apocalypse of Fist of the North Star. Lots of like big buff people punching and screaming aura 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 aura. Yeah, it is itself an inherently ridiculous um, story. Is Fist of the North Star um, delightfully so? It's just so over the top and, and absurd, uh, and that works fantastically for y- uh, the Yakuza team who haven't taken it entirely seriously, had fun with it. Um, All of the weird little side quests that you get in the Yakuza games, all these bizarre shaggy dog stories, they're all in here too. Um, There was one about a shoulder pad salesman who is making the perfect shoulder pad, and they just start going on this long philosophical tangent about what shoulder pads mean to people. Um, it's a great game. It's and, and the 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 mini game in the bar alone, bartender Ken, is worth the price of admission. Uh, awesome. As you you mash a, mash buttons or rotate sticks to get him to mix drinks, and he'll be doing things like uh, instead of the ta 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 from his punching, <laughs> it's like mix 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 mix, uh, and then he'll say the name of the drink, which gets they get increasingly ridiculous until that one moment where he slides the drink across and says, "You are already drunk." At which point, I jumped up in the air, punched the air, and yelled yes. In real life, I genuinely uh, did that. I was jumping up and down, screaming yes. I'm so glad that game brought you so much joy. It has been a pleasure to hear you talk about it. For that alone, it's it's probably my game of 2018. No game made me do that. The only th- <laughs> the only th- other thing this year that year that did that was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble. Oh yes. So it is Shinsuke good. Is Fist of the North Star. <laughs> uh I want to give a quick shout to uh, A Way Out, which is that co-op escape from Mm. prison go on the run game. I thought that was really quite fantastic. Um, I loved the whole both players are doing different things sort of concurrently that interact with each other and their stories sort of branch and then come back together. Thought that was really interesting. I'm not certain about... uh, There's a narrative choice they make at the end that is, it's a shock, it's a surprise, it's an interesting narrative turn doesn't necessarily mesh with the mechanics, but I overall think it's totally worth the time to play. It's a really fun little experience. Uh, what else did we have? Far Cry 5 was this year. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Good, but probably not one that's going to stick in our memory in a big way. It, it's standard Ubisoft, which is a baseline good quality. It, it was fun at the time, but I don't... It's kind of the the inverse of Metal Gear Survive. I remember that I liked it, but I don't remember much of why. Yeah, yeah. It it's a good game that nobody really needs, but it it won't really offend the senses if you do get it. It's it's fine. It's certain, certainly not a bad way to spend ten to twenty hours. No, no. It's it's very stressful. It's very like well, I can do these repetitive tasks over and over, and and Ubisoft does them well enough that, that it can be a, a fairly, you know... And it, I, I feel, to to be fair to it, it did the repetitive tasks in a more um, 
interesting way than previous Far Cry games have done. Like yeah. the little the little hunts through the bunkers and things, they were all slightly different and had a little story in them. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it 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 wasn't a bad game by any means. No, um, not at all. Uh, another like small one that I really dug this year, Minute. Which is that sort of mm. top-down Zelda-esque thing where you've got 60 seconds to do something before you die because your sword is cursed. That was this year, wasn't it? That's a great little game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not super long. It doesn't outstay its welcome, but it's basically just how can you complete at least one objective in 60 seconds before you have to go back to your bed and start over? And you sort of like slowly accumulate the ability to get further and further with your 60 seconds into this world. It's, it's a really funky little game. Yeah, very cleverly designed little game. Um, some fond lampooning of games like Zelda. Uh, brilliant. It's short enough that, like, I've replayed it, like, I've played it maybe three times this year, because, like, once you know what you're doing, in, like, probably under half an hour, you could do a playthrough if you know what you're doing. And it's still fun to do those things and to see all the yeah. pieces sort of drop into place. Uh, what else did we get this year? God of War. God of War was this year. Yeah. Fantastic game. What what what, what do people want? Yeah. What do you want from me, public? It's brilliant. It, it took like an existing formula, gave it a lot more gameplay depth and also gave it a story that people gave a shit about. Yeah. <laughs> like, it totally made God of War... It took it from something where it's like, it's fun to hit things, to like, no, this is a must-play game. I'm relatable now, boy. I have feelings occasionally, boy. Even if I hide them under gruffness. <laughs> and I can see how it's negatively affecting you now, boy. <sighs> I had some character growth, finally, after ten games. I I have so little in the way of complaints about that game. It, it was just really... So polished in how it was handled. Yeah, it was. It's 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 a masterpiece, and I I really can't wait for the next one. You done you done good, Corey. You done good. <laughs> when you consider the the size of the game mm-hmm. um, in terms of popularity and its mm. position as a linchpin for a console, and how much people loved the original ones, it really has to be said it was a bold move on their part to change the game the way they did, not just thematically, but, but you know, technically as well. Um, massive gamble, ultimately, but one that absolutely paid off. Yeah, because I, I, I can remember feeling very sceptical yeah. being the first footage from the game. It, it's it's a brave move, undeniably, to make such a departure from one of your big tentpole franchises that holds your console up, and, like, the, it totally paid off. But I can see a world in which this this flopped, and I'm so glad that didn't happen because mm. complete reimaginings of existing franchises so rarely get it this right. Yeah, I think like uh, maybe the move to uh, Resident Evil Four. Yeah, it's kind of the closest one I can think of. Yeah, um, in terms of taking a big sort of change for the series and what it working out well. Or f- or fall Fallout. Fallout as yeah. well. Yeah. Although. Mm. Although that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, I, I guess opinions a bit more mixed on Fallout Three. Mm. Um, I love Fallout Three, but I totally respect why people didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know. uh, same day as God of War, Nintendo Labo came out. That was this year. Make cardboard, put your Switch in it. I still cannot hear that word without thinking of badge flaps. 
<laughs> and I, I still automatically just think, Luke Smithers, Lerpo is coming. <laughs> That's all I can think of is, is the, the Gabbo episode. <laughs> so I still have a bunch of Labo stuff in my office. Like, uh, <laughs> um, I, I will acknowledge that a lot of the stuff in there is, like, particularly in that first uh, variety kit, is very gimmicky. Like, the house is... Ah, I played some mini games. I never am going to do this again. Yeah. But that cardboard piano, I still think is like really rather fantastic, and I, 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 I have messed around with that a few times. I hear, I hear David Guetta really likes that as well. <laughs> um. Only, only the musicians and producers are going to get <laughs> that joke. The, the, the vehicle kit and the the motorbike stuff that came in the variety kit. Those have actually been kind of fun. Like, I will occasionally just play Mario Kart just for the gimmick of it with a a motorbike steering wheel and it works really well and I quite enjoy it even though it's completely pointless. Yeah. It's There's not much depth to it, but I really enjoyed the process of building these things and they work really nicely once they're built, even if they're gimmicky. So, I don't think it was a total flop. The length of time put me off. I, I, I can't spend that much time putting cardboard together i'm interested i find the idea interesting and i found the pushback against labo puzzling yeah um, because it looked just like a weird nintendo gimmick <laughs> which is business as usual um, but people seemed really hostile to it and yeah. it, it, it didn't seem offensive it was it was just a fucking cardboard for me it looks like something that's gonna take up way too much space in oh God, in yeah. my my place for some for for the time that I will be using it for. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm I'm not using them. They're in like some of them are like already in storage in my place, but like I enjoyed the time I took building them. <laughs> I don't think the cardboard robot attachments would fit me. <laughs> I I I still haven't tried that one, but I I like having a piano in my office that I can go, I made that. It's it's kind of like when I enjoy putting Gundam kits together. I just like making a thing and then going, I made that. There it is. Go me. Yeah. Uh, what else came out? Bunch of shit no one cares about. <laughs> it honestly was a... It was a dry year. Um, well, there was a dry period yeah. this year, I mean. I'm looking at my top five here and three of them are from like the last quarter of the year yeah we'll get there like the end of the year a lot of stuff happened um in in we had a bit where dark souls remastered came out oh yeah that was good yeah, yeah. that yeah. was really you know. nice actually to play um a very populated dark souls for the first time yeah i i've been replaying through the switch version like every now and then when i'm traveling on trains and i really like that as a version of dark souls i can just jump into while traveling mm. runs nicely enough um, I still like Detroit Become Human in spite of... <laughs> I can acknowledge all of the crap. I can acknowledge that David Cage is a <laughs> shitty person. I can ignore that some of the writing... So there are some plot holes that just don't make sense. There is some, like, beat-you-over-the-head analogy stuff going on with discrimination. I still really enjoyed it. And no one can make me not enjoy it. I, I just remember the dude grabbing the jacket off the shuffle. Oh, After climbing yes. out of the android graveyard. Yes, yes. Uh, what's his name? Marcus. 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 There's a badass coat waiting, <laughs> ha- blowing in the breeze for him to put on. And it was the most 80s 
action sequence shit I'd ever seen. If it was on purpose, that is the one brilliant thing David Cage has ever done. However, it would not be thematically on point with the scene if that was insincere. That whole scene was pretty incredibly done. I didn't get there in the game, but I watched this on YouTube and that scene is incredibly dark and atmospheric. Yeah, I... I acknowledge that there are bits of that game that are kind of shit, but I, I still loved it. Um, I There's a lot of the choices in it that I thought were interesting. I really liked that whole mechanic where they show you the entire spider chart and go, look, here's what you did, here's what you didn't do, here are the things that are actually going to carry forward, here are the things that are just flavour. That transparency was really nice, and I... I I will always enjoy Quantic Dream games, even if I know that they're objectively bad. You can't stop me, people. You can tell me they're bad, and I'll I'll agree with you. I'll still love them every time and get hype for them. I got to a part where I felt like um, <clears throat> there was like the the girl, the android girl who was looking after the nasty man's house, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It got to a point in that where I felt I knew what was about to happen that I didn't really need to see that. Or watch that, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm kind of done with this, to be honest." Yeah, that's 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 fair. Um, Octopath Traveler was this year. Jim, you were you were kind of into that. Oh yeah, uh, I put it on my Jim Position Awards. It's great. Um, it is another proper traditional turn-based JRPG. Um, that always seems to surprise Square Enix when they put something mm. out that is so ingrained into what they what made them popular. And they always seem a bit taken aback that it's popular, the thing that was popular. Yeah. Um, it's it's delightful. Uh, it's got eight very interesting little stories. Uh, the visual style is brilliant. Uh, I love the the fact it's got sort of retro graphics, but with some modern effects, and the depth of it makes it look mm. uh, very much like a pop-up book. Um, the music is one of my favourite soundtracks, certainly, of that year, and it's up there with uh, my favourites ever. Uh, and the battle system is great. It, it, it can be a bit lengthy at times. That You know, some of the fights can take quite a while, um, which which makes travelling from A to B and dealing with nuisance enemies, it can drag a bit, but that's really my only complaint. The battle system itself is, is great, the, this idea of working out what enemies are weak to and hitting them with that type of weapon or that type of spell to break their shields and then render them vulnerable when you do it enough times. There's this uh, hmm. really nice little layer of strategy to it. So Octopath Traveler, uh, love it, love it. I wish I loved that game. It just didn't click with my brain because the way I I wanted to complete one story, then play another story, then play another story. I didn't want to be jumping back and forth between stories right. and clearly that's what the game wanted me to do and it just wasn't working I, I love the idea I love the aesthetic, I loved what I played of the story and the mechanics but it just, I couldn't be micromanaging eight games at once yeah. essentially um, that's fair enough Yeah, uh, Dead Cells was this year Ooh, that's oh. another rewards winner from me uh, that made it in the Jim Q Awards. It's one of the few games that I really just kept coming back to again and again and again and again. Yep. It side-scrolly, side, side procedurally generated thing where you carry your progress over. That combat system flow is just so good, the whole... Such a, an intuitive but really quick 
combat system in Dead Cells. Yeah, it's just you've got two weapon slots, you've got two trap slots, you can do a dodge roll, you can do a jump. That's that's yeah. all you need. And, and it's you... got that similar thing to Binding of Isaac where, you know, if you get the really awesome items, you feel really good about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you, you end up having runs like I... I always used to enjoy doing like uh, get get a couple of get a uh, a sword get a thing that does a fire blast so it sort of knocks them back so that I've got time to get my slashes in throw out a couple of things that fire the like slicey discs there you go uh, oh no it was the ice it's the ice throw that like freezes that stuff them was good. that's the one it was the ice throw with one hand and a sword in the other really nice. love that <laughs> I almost always went all in on decks um, yeah those turrets are. You know, uh, they were silly powerful. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my favourite weapons were decks. I was like the the whip, um, the sort of electricy whip that can ignore shields. I never got on with it, but I could see why people loved it. Yeah, that's fun stuff. It's a it's a terrific game overall. Yeah. Um, I was buried in that game on the Switch for ages, just playing it handheld. Yeah. It it was like Fortnite was the other one it was those couple of games that i was just like i'll just grab my switch for 10 15 minutes and i'll play this while i'm waiting for something yeah it was like this summer was games that made me just pick my switch up and just play a little bit Mm-hmm. that's ruddy brilliant yeah uh akami hd i very much enjoyed replaying that um i both of you stopped before finishing it didn't you i haven't had a chance to play it yet yeah well, I mean, I've played through Okami like five or six times yeah, already. Yeah. So, and there was a lot of other life eaters this year. So, <laughs> I've had to admit to myself, I'm never going to play much of it. That's that's fair. I tried on the Switch as well. Uh, we Happy Few was this year. It was shit. Do we need to say any more? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Move on. Move on. Lot, lot, lots of potential. No delivery. Yeah, that's that's all it deserves. It 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 was such a good idea that turned out so shit. Mm. Uh, Donut County, Donut County was this year. Lovely little game. Yeah, I replayed that over the uh, over the holidays while I had some time off. It's a it's a couple of hours of very Katamari esque, like some great humor. Work out how to make the hole bigger so it swallows all the things. Really charming little game. Yeah, it was a, it was adorable, in a in a really silly way. It's a very silly game. Yeah. Um, but in a in a very good way. Uh, Spider Man, Spider Man on the PS4. That was great fun. Very, very, very good. It it was really fun to just be in that world. I I liked the take they took with the some of the story they told in it. Mm. I thought it was nice to see a Spider Man who was like established in his role. They just sort of jumped into the middle of it. For me, that that is one of the games that um, mo- most of like maybe all time that just moving around from moment to moment feels so good all the time. Oh yeah, the way they the way they do the swinging and the momentum and the combat and everything, everything just feels really fun. I had no problem with going and finding all those backpacks. Yeah. Point aside. Peter, how fucking forgetful are you that you left all those backpacks around? But I just loved going and collecting them because it was just so fun to swing around that world. And it's so quick. Like, you yeah. you, you see it on the map and you're there in two fucking seconds. You, you get it. It's a great sense of speed. Yeah. And, and I, I, like, you, you two, I don't think, got this, but the combat took me a while to get used to because yeah. I had been playing Arkham for, like, a month uh. previous. But once I got used to it, it's so good. It's so fluid. It's... And- 
it's brilliant combat yeah. system. I really, really like mm. it. And, and at yeah. times, like, at times it could be pretty challenging towards the end when you've got all these dudes with guns and special weapons and things, and it, it kept changing it up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, great, great game. Just missed out on my top five of the year at the last second, yeah. that one, when Chris came out. Uh, so an- another one of my top ones of the year, and I can't remember if this was one that Jim recommended to me or not, but uh, Wonder Song? Yeah, yeah, cute game. Uh, yeah, really, really adorable little game. You're a bard, you have a dream that you're going to be the hero, and then the you can't lift the sword, and they're like, ah, no, screw you, you can't be the hero. And he's like, oh, I'll sing a song, make everyone feel better. And you go off an adventure to use... It, it made really interesting use of basically just this colour wheel of singing in directions to do a bunch of unique things, and it never made you do that one thing with the singing mechanic for too long before it moved on. That sounds like a fun way to spend your life by, um, you know, bringing joy to the world by singing. Yeah, it, it, just, <laughs> yeah, it, it just was a really positive, heartfelt thing about, like, the, the connecting power of music and about just, like, who cares if you're not if if the world tells you you're not special just keep trying keep going you're all right mm. uh that was a lovely little one i enjoyed uh assassin's creed odyssey was that on your your list gav that's my that's second that's my number two game of the year assassin's creed odyssey yeah do you want, do you want to talk about why you love it go on <laughs> Whew, have you got all night <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just fell in love with this game. Now, it's worth reminding people that I often look for different things in games than a lot of people. Um, Like, for me, gameplay and stuff is less important than just enjoying the environments and feeling part of a big, lovely world and exploring. And that that's cracked me, is exploring a beautiful world. Like I think my favorite, one of my favorite gaming moments from all of this year is just finding Crease and just wandering around Crease exploring it, because it's right at the bottom of the map. So it's like one of the last areas you find, and it's, it's just the sun setting over the the gorgeous little mountain as I climbed over it, and just moments like that stick with me forever, more so than like boss fights and things. But this game had some really fucking cool boss fights, which has never been in Assassin's Creed before. And is it is it really a spoiler at this point to mention there's a little bit of a fantasy element in this game? I think you can say that, yeah. Yeah, And you have to look for it, but it's there. And I love that, that it's not completely obvious. This was a moment I knew this was a fucking amazing game, was when I was exploring Crete and I came across these old ruins. I can't remember what they're called in real life. I'm so uneducated. But it's a real place that's in, it's still there in real life. And um, just in these ruins, there's this little kid playing and you start talking to him and it ends up leading you to this amazing side quest where you just end up exploring these, again, exploring this tomb and trying to find how to get in there and what's in there. And that when you get in there and find out what's in there, it's just so fucking cool. I was like, I can't believe they went there. And just the the whole thing with like the hunting down the um the cult and getting the little clues and finding them on the map and people have complained for years that there's not enough assassinating in in Assassin's Creed. This one had like thirty assassinations you could do any way you wanted. You could like sit in your boat and fire arrows at them, or you could stealth the whole place. You could go in guns blazing with your your swords and 
you know, it's just there's a wonderful freedom to that game, and I, and I think they did that so well. I think that game clicked definitely more that with Gav than it did with either me or Jim. But yeah, like, definitely. I had, I had some good fun while I played it, even if I definitely wasn't as into it as Gav. Also, I have I can't mention this game without mentioning how fucking good they've been post-launch. Like they they rebalanced the entire XP system. They've like they've done they they've really like they've really listened to what people wanted from the game. And every month they're doing a new update, and they've done three so far. And every update has made the game better. Huh. You know they've 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 done they added in things that people were asking for. Like now you can um you can transmog your gear so that if you've good stats on one that you like the look of. That you don't like the look of, you can transfer those onto ones that you do. Just all these tiny little quality of life fixes keep getting added to the game. I may need to go back and yeah. give it a go now that it's been out for a while and has these things. I mean, you've got me curious now. I'd even ho- I'd even hold on another couple of months because they have a plan to keep updating it until I think around April or something. Yeah. Well, in that case, I might give it another go. Then I I'm glad to hear that they've been supporting a game that you've had such a good time with. I'll, I'm I'm going to keep playing this game through the years. You know, it's going to be my yeah. um, my uh, and in place of what Fallout could have been this year, this is going yeah. to be the game I'm going to be going back to just for fun. Do you know, I'm I'm yeah. glad you've got that. Um, I really enjoyed Super Mario Party when it came out this year. Um, it it's just very joyous and and heartfelt and positive. Um, it's still Mario Party, but they threw some interesting stuff in. Like you now have different types of dice and you can collect more than one dice so you have options of what to roll like you might do your normal one to six or you might have a dice with like a more high risk high reward spread uh they had this whole ally system there's a lot of like interesting little tweaks they did to it that made it quite fun and a little more strategic so i enjoyed super mario party um and uh, i'm just trying to skim through like there's this year is so like stop start on good releases uh Red Dead 2. How are we feeling on Red Dead 2 now the year's out? Uh, one of the best ever stories and characters in games. 10 out of 10 on that that front. 10 out of 10 graphics. Music was great. Just for me, not a fun game to play. Yeah, amazingly polished game that just I just don't feel a, a desire to play. Yeah. There were so many. I can't think of any other game I played this year where there were points where I actually said out loud, fuck this fucking game. I hate this fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, I was, if I was doing, like, the old style of video game website review where you break it down and have, like, here's the sound score and here's the graphics score, I'd probably be giving it 10 in all of those categories and then, like, at the end be, like, overall score. Well, I know it got 10 in everything, but it's, like, a 7 for me, maybe. Yeah. Rocks, Rockstar's mission design hasn't changed in, in over a decade. It's exactly the same. And if you take one step out of line, you fail. And I just... Yeah. In in a post-Odyssey uh, landscape, that wasn't fun for me. Yeah. The, the thing that's just clicked in my head that I think is how I feel about it is this game is less than the sum of its parts. Like, its parts are fantastic, but they don't... They don't come together to make a fantastic experience. It's because it's all encased in that dated game design. Yeah. And the stuff where they've tried to make it more immersive or realistic um, and just failed, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Like, the hunting is always my go-to example of how they 
cocked up um, by trying to make it more deep than it ever needed to be, where you've got to mask your scent and then find a good condition, no, a perfect condition animal, because anything below that is practically useless, mm. and then kill it just the right way to also keep the pelt perfect. Uh, why, why have a good and a uh, poor condition pelt why have those mm. when they're so functionally useless there's no reason other than to ultimately frustrate the player and doing all that hunting due to the way everything pans out is completely fucking pointless anyway so <laughs> mm. um actually the i have to say one thing about this game and it's a teeny tiny bit spoilery but not very much um the way that this game flipped the idea on its head of progress and building up your things and hoarding your money and getting all your items and stuff and building your camp and thing. The way that later in the game all that got flipped on its head, I thought was, um, if if not enjoyable, really interesting at least, because I've never never seen a game do that before. That that is fair, yeah. Um, one one that I that came out a few months ago that I found while I was taking my time off, um, and I doubt this is going to be a a particular draw for either of you, but just one I wanted to to nod while we were on the show. Steven Universe Save the Light on the Switch. Um, it's a sequel to a phone based RPG. They're like Steven Universe is basically a bunch of people. They're magic space rocks. They they talk about their feelings. It's quite a good show. Has some music. I really like this show. Um, and there is a Switch RPG that came out that's very... It's a gorgeous little art style. It's very Paper Mario-esque. It's all sort of like 2D cutouts existing in a 3D world. Um, I initially didn't click with it terribly well, because it I, it starts off with like, here's a couple of characters with a very limited moveset. It felt very generic. Once I started to get a few more party members and they started to get more of their abilities... It had a lot of challenge, and there was a lot of interesting ways that characters' abilities um, connected with each other. Um, I'll give a quick summary, like, for people who don't... Like, th th you won't need to know about the show to understand why this is interesting. Um, so it's one of those, uh, I think it's called an ATB battle system. Those kinds where you have, like, a meter that gives you points, and you spend those to do your moves. Yeah. Um... There was a, a really nice combo of characters that I was using where one of them, their whole thing was you spend points once and they continually do an effect over and over and over without costing more points. But the second anyone injures them, they stop doing it. So to get the most out of them, you need to stop them getting hurt. So you pair them alongside a character who spend a couple of points. They will, for a set amount of time, protect that character that needs to not be hit they'll tank any hits that come at them. It's... And you then, like, pair that with a healer, so you've got someone to be healing them while they're tanking hits so that the person can be doing their continuous effects. It's all just, like, different archetypes of characters that work really nicely in combination. Their abilities just dovetail really nicely. Um, cool. So, yeah, I it was a... RPG about a children's show on Cartoon Network that I expected to be really simple, and... It turned out to be much more of a challenging, complex RPG than I saw coming. So, yeah, if you're into Steven Universe, that the RPG on the Switch is like legitimately quite good. Um, I tried watching it once because a friend of mine told me, "Oh, you'd love this show," and I was like, I watched a, 
10 minutes is like, you you don't know me. No. Here's, <laughs> here's what I'll say about that show. It, it suffers a real problem, and I totally don't blame anyone who doesn't gel with the show, because it, it's the same problem I had with the first series of Avatar The Last Airbender. It's that show starts off very much just unadulterated pure kids show. It starts with very little substance, very little peril, very little of anything. It just seems like any other, here's a 10 minute episode, pointless kids show. It's not until a little ways in that they make a real shift and it becomes this quite tense, sweet, dramatic experience. Um, and I, I hate when people say, oh, it gets good X amount of time in. That is that is the case with Steven Universe. Like, it's one of my favourite shows right now, but I acknowledge that it takes far too long to get to the interesting bit. So, okay. I do, I'm not surprised that you jumped in and watched ten minutes and went, this isn't for me. Yeah, but even, uh, you know, I just... Yeah, that's 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 fair. I always like that Courage the Cowardly Dog. That, 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 he was, he was called Courage, but he was cowardly. That's, that's funny. Little purple bastard running around. Delta Rune, Delta Rune was this year. Yep. That sort of just popped out of nowhere. What was, was that an Undertale sequel or what was it? Uh, the official line from the creator is, it's kind of its own thing that is kind of parallel to Undertale. It's not really a sequel, it's not really a prequel, it's... It's got the same characters, but just like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's 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 its own thing. It's a little spin-off. It's kind of a spin-off. Sort of. um, yeah. I love that that demo came out as long and substantive as it was for free. The same week The Quiet Man came out, which was about the same length, cost money, and was fucking atrocious. Yeah, The Quiet Man was shit. Uh, Deltarune, really good if you like Undertale-style combat. It was totally worth playing. It's free. Um, last couple of bits. Uh, Tetris Effect. Genius. That was, an, again, one of my games of the year. Um, it's a really beautiful Tetris game, generally. If you play it in VR, it's a fucking transcendent experience. Genius use of music. Yeah, amazing use of music. Like, the, the way that when you drop pieces into place, it sounds like it's part of the music and all the sort of, like, beats of you moving your pieces build as the music builds. You you probably... You know music better than me, Gab. Explain what's going on there that make that sound do good. When you, um, when you do anything in this game, when you interact... The sound effects are musical and they are all in the same key as the music. And the music is sparse and um, it's not super rhythmical at times. So that w if you're hitting things out of outside of the beat, which is you would be because you're, you know, yeah. uh, it doesn't interfere with the music. It, it, it adds to it. it. It feels like little sparkles on top of it. It's really, really clever. One thing I think they do that's really interesting is when you say, like, drop a piece down, it doesn't play the sound effect the exact instant you do the thing. Yeah. It plays it, like, a smidge early or a smidge late so that it fits with, like, the nearest beat. Yeah. So that it, like, it it sounds closer to being on the beat than your actions probably are. Yeah. Which is really smart. Yeah, no, it's beautifully done. I wish more. I wish more games would use music that way. Like, yeah. didn't we? Didn't we say when we were talking about it, the only other one I could think of is Wind Waker. Yeah, it Wind Waker is the only other one I can think of as well, where it like 
it makes your gameplay interactions and bits of the soundtrack that's going on interact with each other. Luminous was the, oh. the really good one for that. Yeah, this uh, Tetris Effect was made by the Luminous person. Uh, absolutely not surprised at all. Yeah, it, it's very Luminous. The, the first Dead Space did it a little bit. Nowhere near to the same level, but there yeah. were certain cues that would play when you would do certain things. Yeah. There's a game out on the Switch right now. It came out um, very recently, and it's from Onion Games, uh, who did Million Onion Hotel, uh, Hotel and has a brilliant Twitter account. Um, it's called Blackbird. It's on the Switch. It's about mm. a bird head flapping about, shooting things. Um, but it it does everything in time with the music. Uh, an enemy's spawn on the beats. Mm. So the song's going, rop, rop, rop. Bar, and on every bar, uh, an enemy's popped up. And it, it's uh. really, really good. It's cheap. It's on the Switch. I really recommend checking it out. You say it's called Blackbird. Blackbird, yeah. I might check that out tonight. Like, that might be tonight. Come to think of it, Gris did it as well. <laughs> yeah, Gris did it. Yeah. Um, I think actually quite a few games do it. It's just yeah. sometimes they can be subtle and you don't pick it up. You don't think you are. Did we want to talk briefly about Gris? Because I know, Jim, you've finished it now since we last spoke about it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's got its flaws, but it's a pretty beautiful couple of hours. It just didn't quite stand out to me. Um, and I think that's just because it's in that emotional indie game vibe. I think the difference maybe for me is I don't play a lot of those at all. It may be, yeah. I, I play a lot of them, but this one this one hit on some emotional notes that just happen to be resonating with like feelings I have had and that's it's like ah this is this is one that is clicking for me. Um I think I'm I'm glad that it had as many interesting mechanics as it did and it didn't stick with any of them too long. I thought it's just a very sweet, beautiful looking game. It should win an award for making the water level the the best level. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. No, that's, that's a weirdly correct thing. Um, Fallout 76, that was, that, was, that was pretty shit. Country roads, fuck off. I have to give it one award. What's, what's your award? It, it had my favourite soundtrack of the year. Did it have any songs other than... <laughs> no, I don't mean the songs, I mean the actual... I know, uh, I know. I mean the original soundtrack by Inon Zur was absolutely fucking stunningly gorgeous and it's the nicest one in any modern fallout i might have to give that soundtrack a listen as like working background music for a bit i wanted to like pull the files out and put them into new vegas or fallout 4 that only frustrates me because it's it's yet more wasted material anything any scrap of anything that is good in in 76 is wasted on that awful game what like even uh, yeah the world they built it, it was you know one of their best as well and i it just i i can't even you know such a creatively bankrupt experience it's so boring yeah, yeah. Uh, other games this year pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee i'm 180 hours into that and i'm still <laughs> going you're still after them shinies how how far are you now uh, I've slowed down, but I'm still going. I, I crossed the 100 threshold. I'm up to 103 out of 150. Um, I I have half of the legendaries now. I have, uh, what is it? Shiny Moltres and a shiny Arctic... Uh, no, is it Arctic? No. Uh, shiny Zapdos, sorry. It's 
It's Moltres and Zapdos. I need Articuno and Mewtwo still, but I'm I'm like halfway through the legendaries. I'm two thirds of the way through the main roster. I'm gonna do this. That's wild. <laughs> I'm I'm chipping in for like a few hours at a time here and there. I yeah. I'm up to like yeah. I'm I'm gonna hit two hundred hours on this game. <laughs> I love that game. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee. I really, really like it. I, I understand why people don't like it. Again, it's one of those ones where I don't know it's offensive enough to warrant like the actual backlash and the meta bombing that yeah. people have been doing with it. Um, I mean, people, if they want to do that with their time, fair enough. But it just puzzles me because it was... This isn't a replacement for anything. No, it's a harmless spin-off while they make Gen 8. <laughs> yeah, and I... It, I don't know, it appealed to me. You know, I don't have time. I I sunk so much time into that because they made it take no time. What was the game that people went apeshit over this year when there was a mobile game announced instead of the the main game and people went completely fucking apeshit? Oh, that was Diablo. Oh, yeah, that was it, Diablo. Uh, oh, Command, Command and Conquer as well. There's that too. I love that backlash because it's Activision Blizzard and they can go get fucked. There was another one this week as well, the Aliens... Uh... Oh, yeah, a- the Alien Isolation sequel that's oh, a mobile yeah. game and a book. I haven't looked into that yet. I-, I know it's happening. It's kind of a mobile game. It's kind of a book. We- we're not sure entirely what it is. Yeah, I saw someone describe it as Five Nights at Freddy's, but with an alien. <laughs> it doesn't look like Jesus. I'm going to be all that interested in it. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh... And then I think the last one for me was Smash Brothers. Uh, there's a lot of video game in that. I really loved World of Light. I I enjoyed having a lot of weird challenge battles to do. That's great. I think I think that was generally. I mean, not not my kind of game at all. But from from what I gather, people were really happy with how that one turned out. It was all of the Smash Brothers. Everyone everyone forgot about Luigi when. Uh... When it actually came out and was really, really good. You mean to say Waluigi? Waluigi, all right. My long purple yeah. boy. This is how invested I am in. in, <laughs> in I I was mulling over in my brain. I was like, do I que- do I question that, or do it? Did I forget a Luigi thing that happened? So do do you two have like top fives? Because I have a top five here. I I want to read off. Ah, uh, I don't know if I've got like a set top five. Like the ones I that jumped to mind for me, like off the top of my head, were Celeste. Tetris Effect, uh, Pokemon Let's Go, um, Minute, and okay, those 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 are the four that like really jump to mind. Mm-hmm. What about what about you, Gab? What are your top five? So Spider Man just missed out at the last second when Grizz jumped into my top five. So because mm. I know people are going to be like, but what about Spider Man? <laughs> so Red Red Dead is number five because. As much as it pissed me off, I will forever remember that story, and and I I will want to play it again just because of how good the story was, and because of what a great character Arthur was. Then Grits is number four. Now this one's kind of cheating. Divinity Original Sin Two Definitive <laughs> Edition is number three. <laughs> oh, you naughty, <laughs> naughty boy! But naughty that did boy. come out this year, technically. So. Um, That's, I'll give you it. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey number two and number one. Boy. Yeah, I th- I think God of War's maybe got to be in my maybe maybe I'll put that in that fifth slot. I'm your monster no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 
There was there was one from Jim's list that we didn't mention. The Hex. Yeah. You were really into that this year. Yeah, I mean, that's in my top five. I mean, I did my Jimquisition Awards, so my top five are already out there, but just to go over it, it is uh, God of War, Dead Cells, um, Fist of the North Star. Uh, oh, what were the other ones? I just had them in my head. Go check out Jim's video if you want to remember. Yeah, just go watch the fucking video. The, the Octopus... Octopus Traveler. Octopath Traveler, yeah. There we are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Hex is absolutely um, on my list of the best this year. Really in, in interesting story. Impressive how they represented a lot of different game genres uh, with a very one very simple control scheme. Um, can't recommend it enough. Yeah. It's on Steam. Uh, and as I always say, it's from the Pony Island yeah. studio. Which is often enough for a lot of people. That that means that means you know certain things are probably going to be the case. Go go experience it. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't a bad year for games, really. Like there was a lot of great stuff bunched up. It was a very yeah. it was a year of clustered releases and then sort of dry periods in between. Yeah, I'm not seeing a whole lot. I mean, we can talk about this next week because we're running quite late. But I'm not seeing a whole lot of stuff from next year that's got me. Uh excited yeah i i was gonna say we're, we've run a bit over an hour but maybe just to like bullet point some things for next year uh the things we know about and obviously like a lot of this is like we, we're not gonna find out about to like e3 and stuff but uh resident evil 2 remake is coming that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to that one it's looked really good in everything i've seen about it i'm i'm excited for it the last the last one was was very cool yeah uh Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm sure I'm the only person on this that cares about that one. It... Oh, no, no, no. I, I love Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Okay. I just... I feel like I'm burnt out on this before I've even seen it because yeah. they've had about 10 fucking other games released expanding on an ever more convoluted and contrived and confusing story. I have acknowledged that I'm going to have no clue what's going on and I'm going to go in knowing that and just have a good time anyway. Um, yeah. I just, it's so simple. Yeah. Final Fantasy and Disney characters. Yeah. And instead it just goes so off the, the beaten path. I, I'm, I'm going to Google, like, uh, explain the plot to me in 10 minutes video and then just jump right in. So. Yeah, I might have to find out who's who's birthing by sleep <laughs> and who's got the nobodies and the heartlesses and the Roxahana horts. Um, Far Cry New Dawn. That's that new Far Cry. That looks all right. Uh, Metro Exodus. Metro. That's the one game I'm super hyped for right now. Is Metro Exodus. Uh, yeah, it looks it's looked really good every time they've shown it. I hope it turns out good. Uh, Devil May Cry Five. I'm kind of into the idea of. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it a lot. I played some and it was really really fun to like just keep exploding my arm at people and then finding new arms. <laughs> it was great. Justin tells me, because Justin checks up on Twitter sometimes to find, like, people sharing pictures of, like, Gymporium yeah. merch and stuff. And every now and then he will tell me what other people are saying. Yeah. Um, and uh, he vets that. Like, I, th I think I, tr I trust him to not tell me everything because I don't need to hear all of the bullshit that people say. But yeah. every now and then he finds something ridiculous and shares it. Uh, and apparently I hate Devil May Cry 5 with a passion. Ah. And... And dis and, and I'm hateful and resentful of it because I love DMC so much. Um, I thought DMC was a great game. I've defended it several times. Um, 
but I also think the other Devil May Cries are great games as well. So this is, they could have had more DMC and I'd have been great with it. They could have more traditional Devil May Cry and I'm great with it. Hmm. I win either way, so I'm very confused. Weren't you like a traitor to the fan base because you didn't feel a change of hair colour was worth throwing a hissy fit over? Oh, I, I... Yeah, there was a lot. Like, that is actually one of the most hateful, spiteful backlashes I ever got to a review mm. was a positive one for <laughs> Devil, uh, for DMC. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I've ragged on it for its microtransactions, but I do that with every game that has them in that charges a premium price. I will always do that, even if I love the game. I was watching Angry Joe's review for Dragon Age Inquisition um, this week. And he was bitching about how there was an online pass in a single player game <laughs> and how, you know, the DLC and all this. And I was like, oh, if only we could see where things would end up now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was the same way. Like I, And it worries me when that happens because, you know, they push the boat with loot boxes and a lot of people are now fine with microtransactions. It's yeah. like they keep pushing and make everything else pale in comparison. Um, so I think a lot of people were surprised when I ragged on Dev Devil May Cry 5's upcoming wake transactions because I think many people just forgot that I still don't think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and that it isn't still cool, yeah. even though, you know, they've pushed the envelope beyond that. Um, I, I remember the other envelopes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to playing it as a game. It probably won't be Game of the Year material because of the microtransactions. I, I played like half an hour of it at Gamescom and it was really fun to just be in that world doing combat, so I'm excited for it. Um, what we what we got? Um, that new FromSoft thing, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I, I, oh, yes. I don't know if I'll like it, but I'll give anything FromSoft like a fair shot. 2019 may be the year of the samurai. You can't level up and you can't call in co-op help, so I'm I'm going to have a tough time with that one, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give it a go, and yeah. if I can't play it, I can't play it. But I hope, hope, you know, I've played fucking difficult games without leveling up before, so... yeah. Uh, Rage 2? Rage 2 looks fucking awesome. I was watching a preview this week and that looks really... I, I'm excited for Rage 2. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's like taking all the best bits of Doom and Mad Max and smush them together. It's What, what if Mad Max had like neon colours in the dust? And I'm like, yeah, I'm up for that. And and I was watching a video of gameplay with the, the shotgun and as always, it completely nailed the shotgun and it looks like it's going to feel like the greatest thing to use. Uh, Shenmue 3, I'm excited to see that train wreck come to pass. <laughs> I can't imagine what's going to happen here. I don't, I don't know what to expect. I can't imagine it being like great, mm -hmm. but I want to know what it's going to be. <laughs> I feel like there's not going to be middle ground it's either gonna be brilliant or it's gonna be fucking drag and i just yeah i'm on the edge of my seat with shenmue 3 this, this game isn't going to be mediocre <laughs> no i don't think so um no uh there's an well we're getting an animal crossing we're getting an animal crossing good yeah I, I'll, i'm happy for one of those they're always at least good there's another division. Uh, yep, another division. Which is which is not going to be on Steam. It's going to be on the Epic Store. So that's uh... the Epic. Yeah. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Knights finally coming out at some point. At last. I'm. Ex I I've been 
ready for that game for a while. Just, just give it to me. Absolutely crucially ready for Bloodstained. I need it now. I, I'm excited for Code Vein, which is Dark Souls with emo anime teens. I was literally just going to say, is Anime Souls coming out this year? Yeah, Anime Souls is coming out this year, and I enjoyed it when I played it. I want Anime Souls. I, I watched some footage this week, uh, new footage of Anthem, and I'm so, I'm finding it very, very hard to get excited about that one. I, I'm sure it's going to be great for people who are into that kind of always online multiplayer. I'm going to play it, but I'm not hyped for it or all that interested in it. I want stories from Bioware, you know. I want to I want to write an anthem about Anthem, but I don't see so far anything that's going to give me inspiration for that. Me me and Jane have been replaying Mass Effect uh this last week or so and it's just reminding me how much I don't care about anything Bioware does anymore. It's really sad. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's the EA way and these conversations get had about quite a few places EA's acquired before EA gives them the chop and bioware may be too too valuable a brand to slap on a game for them to do it mm. but they've shut down so many studios before that i i worry about i think the moment bioware fails to be enough of a name yeah. to sell games automatically mm. snip snip they're getting cut yeah and that actually before we finish that was what that was one of the things i was going to say the EA influence on Bioware. Um, guys, stop doing DLCs that should be in the main game. From Javik to Citadel to... and This this week, I, I was saying I replayed Inquisition, and it's the first time I've ever played the Trespasser DLC. And I don't know if you two have played that, but it's so... It's, it's integral. Completely utterly integral to the plot of not just the game but the entire series it's shocking that it was left out um what, what was that mass effect 3 one i think it's called arrival that's like the entire bridge yes. between mass effect 2 and 3. leviathan wasn't it oh leviathan yes which is like if if leviathan had been in mass effect 3 the ending wouldn't have been as bad when you got to it hmm. <laughs> Because that's a DLC that explains why things are the way they are. Yeah. But like in basically in this Inquisition DLC, it, it happens two years after the main story. And it's the setup for this new game that's coming out now. And it's so crucial, not just to the game, but to the entire Dragon Age lore, that I cannot believe this was shoved onto a DLC. It is a bit ludicrous. It's like, it's the <laughs> biggest event in the entire Dragon Age universe, and it was put onto a fucking DLC. Things like that feel like leveraging their own narrative. Yeah. Like, I hate that when there was a bit of a trend last generation with true ending DLC, where you would pay money to get actual endings to games. Uh, it's it's yeah it's a narrative hostage taking the one that always gets me is the citadel dlc for mass effect 3 where it's that really nice like go quiet goodbye that you need to all these characters like you might yeah. dislike the actual ending to that game but the citadel thing is just a really nice chance to just say goodbye to these characters who've been really good up until this point yeah and it's so needed for that game's pacing even when the trailer came out for the new Dragon Age um, at the Game Awards and you hear Solus give his little quick monologue and you, I was just thinking, what the fuck? What is he talking about? And then I went back and played Trespasser and I was like, oh, oh my goodness, this changes 
everything. It changes everything about the the whole series, and you're just like, how did, how the fuck was this not in the main game? It's such a classic trait of of an EA game. It's the, it's a perfect kind of thing they would do, mm. where they literally don't care about what it means to the story. They'll make it optional side corn just for the sake of the money. I'd love to see the stats for how many people played the DLC because I would I would wager it's less than half the player base. And yeah, that means have to be less, less yeah. than half the player base. So the, the most important event in the entire series. Yeah, it's utterly stupid. Yeah. Uh, to quickly rattle through a last couple of things for next year, just to get them out there. Uh, Remedies Control is coming out next year. I'm excited for that. Still have no clue what Dreams is. We'll find out. Uh, there's a Fire Emblem. There's a Fire Emblem this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 is apparently this year. I'm kind of into that. Hmm? Uh, Man of Medan, which is the new game from the Until Dawn people. Oh, yes. Yes, please. It's, it's oh, basically yeah. a shorter Until Dawn and it's a ghost ship story. And I'm I'm cool with that. We might we might get The Last of Us 2. We'll kind of hold out and see. The, the Last of Us 2... In theory, we'll see. Do you think we're going to see Cyberpunk? I don't know. I, I think Cyberpunk is start of next gen. What's that other thing Sony are doing? The the zombie thing? Oh, Days Gone. Days Gone. Yeah, is that this year? That's supposed to be this year. Um, That's another one I'm just zero hype level. Uh, the, all the rumblings that we might start to hear about next gen consoles next year, which, like, uh, I don't think we need them yet. I think these no. consoles are in their prime. I'm happy with where they are. Do you think we'll we'll find out what Death Stranding is this year? <laughs> <laughs> Just a clue would be nice, yeah. Uh, the new Pokemon game that's like the new generation one and not a Let's Go game is coming out. Cool. Says that. Uh, apparently we're getting that new Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. That that sort of action-adventure Star Wars game. Uh, I'll approach it with trepidation. EA's done nothing to earn trust on the Star Wars license anymore. Yeah, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm up for more Wolfenstein. Uh, I think this is the one where you play as, like, twin teenage girls killing Nazis. I never thought I'd say this, but I don't know if I'm up for more Wolfenstein after how painfully annoying the last one was to play. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the... I didn't enjoy much of my time with um, with that one at all, no. I enjoyed it when I put it on easy. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Uh, I will say the Switch version is better, yeah. and yeah. I think that update's been applied to the other versions. Um, there is a rebalance that does make it so much more bearable, uh, to the point where like, when I played it on Switch, I was enjoying it way more and, and was actually enjoying it yeah. like the first game had parts that were challenging but it was kind of your fault if you if you fucked it up but this one had sections where they would just swarm you in rooms with enemies where you didn't have you didn't have any cover and it just ugh. that firefight in the courthouse yeah can absolutely go to hell yeah and the firefight in the in the the friendly base the first firefight in the friendly base where you meet yeah. the what was the character with the afro called? Oh, I can't remember her, her name. I've, I've blanked on the name, but I know who you're on there, yeah. Uh, there, before we finish up, two very quick things. Detective Pikachu movie is next year. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. The Sonic movie is coming out. I'm oh, curious dear. about that. And third, Jim, there's a Dynasty Warriors movie next year. 
Oh, right. <laughs> I, I think well. it's an Asian language one with subtitles, yeah. but a live-action Dynasty Warriors movie is happening. I'll watch it so. all the same. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. So there you go. That's the year that's been and the year that's coming. We did it. <laughs> and Onimusha Warlords is coming out real soon. Um, remastered from the old PS2. Uh, Onimusha is one of the coolest series out there. Yeah. Keiji Inafune, um, sort of a blend between action and Resident Evil style gameplay. Um, I'm. It, it's. Oh, it was such a good game. Um, We're going to have to dig out our Xbox Ones because uh, Crackdown 3, it's finally getting an exclusive. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's February. Minus like minus Marie Kondoed away now, so <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will see what happens. <sighs> Is that a good place for us to wrap up? We, I think that's yeah, it. I we think did we it, yeah. we made up for our absence with a nice long. Uh, yeah, we did a we did a, a long one. We made up for it. We filled we filled your gap with a nice long one. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, Laura, how can people get more uh, things from you? in the world because they need them now because they've loved this show so much me and the stuff uh laura k buzz pretty much everywhere twitter youtube twitch all those kind of places got a couple of books coming out this year uncomfortable labels which is my memoir that's coming out in july things i learned from mario's butt which is still up for pre-order if you want to get it with the backer awards for a little bit of time but that's uh that's that's happening. I'm finishing off the the text manuscript like this month, so it's 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 happening. It's getting there. Uh, otherwise, I'm on Dice Funk, which is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, and five, and uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Me and my partner Jane Magnet, we do silly goofs and make some voices and just have a bit of a giggle and catch up on our weeks and stuff. So there you go. Well, great. Oh, Gavin, music maestro, please. What can we listen to it where, please, Hal? You can find all my music on YouTube under Miracle of Sound, and you can also find it on all the good stores like Spotify and iTunes, where uh, Level 9, I was trying to remember which level I'm on there, my album Level 9 with all my songs from 2018 is now out, and you can listen to that. And It's been doing really, really well, so thanks to everyone who's been listening. Uh, you can support me on Patreon under Miracle of Sound if you would like to keep me in a job. And you can follow me on Twitter, which I have not been on really at all. But, you know, I'll, I I try, I will be going back on to try and respond to a few people. But guys, social media breaks are the best fucking thing ever. They're so good for the mind. Do them. Do them every now and again. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're so they're just so refreshing to get off, get away from all the noise and and the conflict and the and the constant news stream and yeah, it's really nice. You need to decontaminate now and then. Yeah, you need to you you know I I when I was Marie condoing my house, it's like you know pick up Twitter. It's like does this spark joy? And then like fling the phone across the room, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I had to get my my internet was out for a while. Mm. Uh, finally got everything set up again. Um. Logged on and Twitter popped up because um, I think like I, I just brought up all my usual pages. Uh, Twitter was the first thing I ended up seeing, <laughs> and it was at the same time that um, Citrus Hitler was rambling on about something or other, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to bed." Yeah, I, I immediately just decided to step away from the computer for a bit. Why bother? <laughs> no, like... I mean, there's value in challenging it all the time, all the time, but. 
personally, people need to take breaks from it for their own good. Yeah. Oh, uh, for their own good. Um, but anyway, I think I think we were done. I think we're pretty much done with me plugging. You, we, you, you, you go ahead, Jim. <laughs> Uh, did we get all of you? Yeah, yeah, we got all my shit. I'm pretty sure we got all my stuff. Level 9 by Miracle of Sound. Go and, and look it up and have a listen. And particularly if you're a new listener and you're not familiar with my music, now would be a great time to check it out. Absolutely. Level 9, Miracle of Sound. Check it out, for God's sake. Um, as for me, um, you know, all the usual stuff. I'm back to proper business, so podcasts. Uh, spin-off Doctor should be coming this week. Um talking about Treasure of the Four Crowns. Now, that's not really a video game-related one. It was uh, something that Conrad gave me for my birthday, um, because it was my birthday recently, and he said that this was his treat. And it's a treat! And I would recommend trying to track it down if you're listening to the spin-off Doctors. Um, Normally, uh, there are a lot of people that don't watch the, the movie that we talk about and get something out of it. But on this particular occasion, I cannot recommend watching Treasure of the Four Crowns enough because it's something special. Um, other than that, um, check out my my uh, video I put up this week on, oh, what's it called? Samael. It's done by the person who did that Sword of Fortress uh, game on PS4 uh, two years ago. Uh, this person makes games way worse than Life of Black Tiger. And Samael, the legacy of Ophiuchu. Eo Ophiuchus, that's it. Samuel, the legacy of Ophiuchus, uh, is the worst PS4 game ever made. Um, I played that yesterday at the time of recording. Put a video up today. Uh, check it out because it is the pit. It's the worst PS4 game ever. Uh, and other than that, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back next week where we'll be talking about more stuff and things. And. That's it. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.